Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Tim Murray is, of course, the host of Sin Live. It airs primetime from 6 until 9 Eastern each and every weeknight. Also, check out his college football betting podcast. He's on Twitter, at one Tim Murray. Tim, what was more surprising, TCU pushing around Michigan really on both sides of the ball or what Ohio State did to Georgia's defense? Well, I think it was the former. Um, you know, when you know, I, I, I was breaking down the games on, on my podcast, you know, one of my co-hosts, Matt Humans, really liked Ohio State. And the more I thought about it and the more, you know, I, a lot of the times when I bet guys and as we've talked over the college football season – I kind of let the market tell me what to do. Now, I have my own opinions. But, you know, the market was telling me Ohio State was the right side because that number kept moving. You kept seeing massive bet splits on Georgia. That number never went north of seven, started to come down as the game came around. And as the game played out, you know, it it reminded us of what Ohio State was capable of. And we had, you know, a a number of of odds makers come on the show – and, uh, you know, most notably Chris Andrews, who's, you know, one of the most respected guys in town here in Vegas. And he said, you know, I make the number around three. He said, this number seems inflated, you know, and, and, and people are, betters are very reactionary to what we saw last. And we had a month to stew on Ohio State getting blown out in the second half, not the entire game, but the second half against Michigan. And then Jackson Smith and Jig was out and Travion Henderson is out and all of this built up but you gotta remember cj stroud when the draft rolls around will be a top five pick maybe a top two pick um and they've been recruiting at an elite level i mean marvin harrison jr i think bruce feldman had him either number one or number two on the freaks list heading into the year so you know that wasn't that stunning um to see tcu win the way that they did was was pretty surprising now they you know look they they stepped up they had some you know two pick sixes and multiple stops at the goal line. Um, But the way they were able to run the ball, to answer your question, very long-winded, I was surprised that they were able to run the ball in the fashion that they did uh, on New Year's Eve. Well, and then, you know, I thought Duggan didn't have his best game, but, boy, he made some big throws. Like, when they needed a big throw, he made it. Duggan, Duggan wasn't good, but he was still better than McCarthy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, and he utilized his legs. You know, I think I read, uh, I was reading through Bill Conley's piece today on ESPN, and I think he, he I think he ran for seven first downs, uh, Duggan did. And that's, you know, that's what he's, 
he's capable of doing. And, and Michigan had not you know, played a running quarterback all year, basically. Well, this was the other stat I wish I would have known before I hammered Michigan like three different ways. Tim, did you know that was their first game on grass since the Orange Bowl of last year? I did not know that. Yeah. No. Mark Mark notified me of that about the second quarter after I <laughs> after I just watched the second pick six go through. I was like, well, that's fantastic. And it's not just grass, it's like that Arizona don't the dome is closed grass. Like it, it grows outside the stadium and they bring no, people, it in. They were saying it was like a little muddy. It was like a little bit muddy on the field, but no, no excuse. Michigan played its worst game of the year in the biggest game of the year, I thought, as a Michigan grad and fan, having watched and, every game. And yet, here's the thing, guys, and, you know, I'm sure there are going to be people saying, oh, man, you're just a hater, you know, you don't believe in TCU. Maybe, maybe I am, I don't know. Um, you know, that game comes down to the wire, and, you know, Michigan, two pick sixes, uh, a touchdown overturn next play they fumble mm-hmm. into the end zone no points mm-hmm. uh the 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 you know goal line stand to start the game and then they had another situation inside the 5 yard line where they settled for a field goal so and they lost by 6 you know so look that that what was it the third quarter was like you know <laughs> it was like college football on crack. I mean, it yeah. was just like everything you could ask for. It was just back but that was not good for Michigan. Like no. that is not the type of game well, Michigan plays. See, I thought it was actually bad. I thought it was bad for TCU. Here's what I think happened. TC- that game was kind of getting boring, and Michigan only had one path to get back in it, and that was to go fishing around in the liquor cabinet. Yeah, and TCU was just so happy to hear. You want to do shots? Yeah, they, they got too it was drunk. It's like telling an alcoholic yeah, you exactly. want to take some yeah, shots. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yes, I do. Should have mixed in a beer. Yeah. Because like once the game, once the frantic pace kicked up, then TCU started making mistakes that they hadn't been making all game. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. I mean, and look, I mean, both of those games far exceeded expectations of, of anybody. And, you know, you know, Georgia – I didn't think Stetson Bennett played all that well, and then he stepped up, you know, when he needed to on that final drive to get the touchdown to make it 42-41. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. You know, neither one of these quarterbacks come Monday night is is you know going to be in the first round. Obviously, you know, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, those guys are are going to be high draft picks. I mean, is Stetson Bennett going to get drafted? Maybe I, I don't know. I haven't done my deep dive. I, it on feels like Duggan is Doug, doesn't Duggan feel like the you know a new version of like whatever Gardner Minshew, some sort of like sure backup level. And then Stetson Bennett feels like you know he'll get a shot in a training camp. I don't but, know how big Duggan like, is. Maybe this is me being an idiot. Like oh Texas, doesn't he just feel like Sam Ellinger? Like neither guy's particularly accurate. They're capable throwers, but they're they're better runners than you think. Like. He just feels like that guy, like mm, sixth round. It also feels like Stetson Bennett in about five, six years, you know, we're going to be watching a Sunbelt game and be like, you remember Stetson Bennett? He's the offensive coordinator for yeah. Troy. You're like, oh, there he is. Yeah. And, you know, he's a hot <laughs> rising coach. I, I don't know what Stetson Bennett's aspirations are in life, but it just feels like Ken Dorsey. It's like when I watch a, it's like when I watch a Bills game, to your point. I'm like, hey, yeah, there's Ken Dorsey. Yeah, yeah. there yeah. is. You know, so. Yeah, or like, what's um, his name with the Cowboys, the former Boise uh, State Kellen, quarterback? Uh, Kellen Moore. Yeah, Kellen Moore. Same deal. I think you're right there, Tim. All right, so what do you make, Tim, of the line for this championship game? It started out, I think, two touchdowns. It's been bet down. I think, you know, some places have it 13, some 12, 12 and a half. What do our friends at Circa have it at? Yeah, what, what do you make of this believe, line, Georgia believe, being favored, almost two touchdowns? 
Yeah, I believe it's 12 and a half at Circa, 13 pretty much everywhere else. Um, you know, there's some 12 and a half kind of percolating. I'll say this, guys. Uh, I'm going to be on Georgia. Um, you know, I, I have faded TCU a decent amount this year. I've been wrong most of the time, you know, outside of the Big 12 championship and the, the Baylor game where I think I took three and they lost, you know, and TCU won in that last second field goal and won by two. So, it, 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 look, it hasn't been a profitable endeavor. Um, you know, I did not bet either side, Michigan or TCU. I was actually probably going to bet Michigan and I stayed off. Good uh, for so you. Bit fortunate in that regard. Um, but, you know, I, I've seen this dance before. I've heard this. Uh, I want to do a counter this week, and, and you guys can help me out with this. So let's just start a counter of any time you turn on ESPN or Fox or whatever, and someone says, well, you know, that's just a lot of points. You know, that's going to be the, the buzz theme of the week. It's a lot of points. We had a person on our show last night. You know, it's a lot of points. It is. It is a lot of points. And it's a, there's a reason. There are, it's a lot of points. So, look, maybe I'm just, you know, the party pooper. And, uh, you know, I, I, as a college football fan, I'd love a close game. I just don't think we're going to get it. I think Georgia is loaded with five stars. Uh, you know, and if you follow recruiting, look, Ohio State and Georgia for the past however many years have been on the same par, right? You know, Georgia's probably slightly better, but Ohio State's always up there. Michigan is not an elite recruiting program at this moment. They don't stink, but they're not elite. TCU obviously is way down there. The stars are going to rise here. And I'll say this, man. You know, I think uh, Sonny Dykes just came out about an hour or two ago in his press conference said that Miller, the running back, is, is questionable. It's a massive loss if he does not play or if he's hampered. You no, know, He didn't play I in the Michigan game, though, but by yeah, and large. The second half, yeah. But still, he had, you know, 70 yards in that game. Yeah. But I, I, that is a fair point. But now if, if you've only got one option in that backfield, look, Quentin Johnson is a first-round pick. He's a stud. Uh, and, and Georgia really had a tricky time slowing down Marvin Harrison Jr. But you go down the list, even without Jackson Smith and Jigba, it's five stars all over the place for Ohio State at the wide receiver position. So Keely Ringo's a first-round pick. I don't know if they're going to have him shadow Quentin Johnson all game. But I just think at the end of the day, the cream usually rises to the top. And uh, you, you look at some of the betting splits that are out there. I saw BetMGM earlier today. About 78 to 80% of the tickets were on TCU, DraftKings. You know, on our website at vcin.com, you can look at betting splits that are updated every 10 minutes. It's about 80% of the tickets are on TCU. You know, early, uh, I was talking to a, a bookmaker in Atlantic City yesterday. He said same thing. So, look. TCU could be the team of destiny and could keep this thing close. I just think at the end of the day, there's so much talent on that Georgia side. And I don't like using the cliche, well, they got their scare. But they kind of did get their scare. And I didn't think they played all that well against Ohio State. And they were able to emerge against a team that, let's remember, guys, in the eyes of odds makers over the summer, it wasn't Bama. It wasn't Georgia. It was Ohio State that was the highest power-rated team by a number of, of odds makers. Now, they kind of underachieved this year to an extent, right? But I think you got to remember how much talent is on that Ohio State roster, even without Smith and Jigba and Travion Henderson. So uh, I'm going to be the party pooper. I'm going to lay the points of Georgia here. I think they're just the superior team, and uh, I think they, uh, they have a great game plan and, and kind of roll TCU in Los Angeles on Monday. I wonder also if 
because we haven't really seen the scenario that we just saw, which was two great semifinal games. Yep. I do wonder if maybe there's like an NCAA tournament mentality of, you know, when the first weekend's always great. Yeah. And it's like Look, it, history says history like, says like that the the Sweet Sixteen we had the Elite Eight are going to stink. Like I do well, wonder if there's maybe an element of that heading into this week. Yeah. And, and this is look. Don't. This is not fair to compare TCU to St. Peter's. They're not in the same ballpark. TCU is a Power Five team that won the Big Twelve, that has pros on their roster. But I just want to bring up this. Right. Everybody fell in love with St. Peter's. They beat Kentucky. Then they beat what was it Murray State. Then they then they stunned everybody and beat Purdue. The following, you know, two days later, they played North Carolina. I was like, okay. Game over. North Carolina ran them off the floor, won by like 30. So I don't know if that's a fair comparison because, once again, TCU is a program that's established themselves. They got a top 10 pick on the outside. Well, if, you know? it, if it also yeah, makes you feel better, I chased, I chased that L all the way, all the way to that Carolina. It's like, finally, finally, yeah. when I got it with Carolina, it's like, die, die. It was like they beat Kentucky. You're right. Was it, was it, Murray State after that? Kentucky, Murray State, and then and then the Purdue game was the one where I just was livid because <laughs> I, I took Purdue, and I'm like, you guys have two seven-foot dudes and a lottery picket guard. How are you losing this game to St. Peter's? I mean, I didn't even – I laid the mu- – I mean, it was it was bad. So, look, maybe I'm wrong again. Maybe I'll re-wrong here, you know, with, with this spot. I've just seen this too much, and, you know, neighbor Nick is over there saying, man, it's a lot of points, you know. A lot of points, team of destiny, all of this. Look, I'm a Notre Dame fan. 2012, Notre Dame was a team of destiny. They were a double-digit underdog against Alabama. Notre Dame was a public dog in that spot. They got absolutely obliterated in that game. They lost 42-14, to and it was over before it even started. So, you know, we'll see. Sonny Dykes is a really good coach. Gillespie is a tremendous defensive coordinator. Uh, he's, he's figured out ways to slow teams down. Uh, but I'll say this, man, like, McIntosh for for uh, for Georgia, that dude is a stud, man. And, and they just, you know, I know Washington's banged up and they're hopeful he's going to play. Like, you still got Brock Bowers, you know, over there. You've got a quarterback, in my eyes, coming off of a pretty poor performance. And I think, you know, Kirby Smart's kind of got that Nick Saban ninja-ness to him where he's going to tell these guys that they're the underdog. Somehow, some way, they're going hey, to find and now he's got, someone now he- out there who's going to say TCU's a team of destiny. And that's going to be their rallying cry all week. Is like, oh yeah, they said they were the team of destiny. Yeah, well, how are they doing now? And now he's the now he's the great game manager after that that timeout. Well, no, as long as he's on the opposite side of a fake punt, if he's trying <laughs> to stop a fake punt, he can do smart things. But when he calls a fake punt, he's an idiot. Calls a fake punt. Justin Fields. Yes. Wait, Justin man. Fields hasn't been on the field all game. What's he doing out there? <laughs> um, I wanted to wrap up with this, Tim. I, I put this yeah. out on Twitter. I'm curious what you think. I mean, I think unless – obviously if TCU wins the national championship, that is the story that defines this college football season. Sure. But what Tulane did this season oh and then gosh. capping it off – the other day with that win over USC. It was yesterday, right? Yes. Yeah, that yesterday. was that, that oh, was at like eleven. Yeah, it felt like an ages ago. But um that I said this. There's gonna be a lot of coaches coming off of bad seasons that are gonna be telling their <laughs> alumni group. They stayed patient. Stay patient. Look at with- what Tulane did. You know, stayed patient <laughs> with Willie Fritz after a two intense season. We might have one doing we, that yeah. here. <laughs> I'm not saying it's just Memphis. It's like I think there's going to be a lot of coaches around the country that use that on the alumni circuit this year. But what do you? I mean, 
to me, that's the story of the year. If if Georgia, even if I know Georgia winning back to back titles is a big deal, to me, if Georgia wins, the bigger story is what Tulane did this year. It's hard to disagree. I mean, what a turnaround. And you watch that team play. I mean, Tajay Spears, he declared for the draft, rightfully so, yesterday after the win. I mean, that dude's playing on Sundays. I mean, he is a pro back. And, you know, I I went back and I was trying to tabulate, you know, uh, uh, the podcast records, and I was listening to our preview, and I was like, all right, I was good. I was right on Tajay Spears. I'm like, USC's not going to be able to tackle him. Now, I didn't say Tulane would win the game, so I'm not taking credit for that. But Tajay Spears is just, he's a beast. And they got, they got you know, pieces around them. And, you know, it's, it's kind of refreshing. Um, I think Georgia Tech, from my understanding, kind of messed it up with Willie Fritz instead of him turning them down. But regardless, he's staying. If it makes Michael you feel Pratt better, Tim, I, I think Georgia Tech might have been broke. Maybe. And I, I, mean, think, I, heard, I think that's how they messed it up. I've heard a lot of different things. I've heard, you know, that the, the boosters didn't want a 60-plus-year-old coach. I've heard... You know, Willie Fritz didn't, you know, they, they were you know, hamstringing him on, on assistant pool, whatever it was, you know, good for Tulane. I mean, it's, you know, a bigger picture. I'm excited where the sport is headed right now because the transfer portal is what it is. And, look, my, you know, team that I follow the closest is going to benefit greatly by getting Sam Hartman, you know, in the next couple of days. And, you know, obviously like Jordan Addison last year. But, you know, think about it this way, guys. Uh, you know, Frank Harris from UTSA is staying at UTSA. I mean, Grayson McCall is staying at Coastal Carolina. Michael Pratt is staying at Tulane. So Seth Hennigan here notable, at Memphis. Same deal. You've got notable names. The NIL, yes, I think it can be detrimental to an extent, but it also can be really beneficial to these smaller schools if they can find this, you know, collective money that is out there. So, you know, maybe we'll see more teams like Tulane rise to the top. And, and who knows, you know, in two years, Tulane is the 12 seed they're playing, or, you know, just using this as an example, they're playing the five seed is, you know, I guess this year would have been TCU, interestingly enough. Um, and they could pull an upset. So, look, that game was, was remarkable. Uh, it, it once again proves that, you know, USC was nowhere near being a top four team because of their defense. They have a top yeah. four offense, but that defense was atrocious all year long and it, and it proved it out. I mean, how do you blow a 15 point lead? I, I look, I know that he dropped the, the, you know, the kickoff and that was a, a massive mistake, but my goodness, how, how do you blow that lead, you know, against Tulane with that defense? I mean, what was it? Tulane averaged 10.4 yards per play yesterday against USC. That is, that is staggering. Uh, I mean, they there, literally but, didn't tackle at all. Yeah. all right. I, I mean, it, it was the same exact thing from Utah in the secondary when they played Utah to to the Cotton Bowl. So, um, yeah, I mean, what a great story. And, by the way, when it comes to gambling, Tulane, you could have got really rich on Tulane. 12-2. Two. Two, mm. ATS, not only straight up, but against the spread this year. Mm, rode that green wave, if you will. Uh, Tim, yeah. we appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week after the uh, championship uh, game. Sounds good, fellas. Always a pleasure. That was Tim Murray of VSIN. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.